Hello, and welcome to a new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, little-known cartoonist Ken Holtzhauser. Came to an epiphany years ago that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I know there are movies, television programs, and music that are seen as guilty pleasures, junk food for the mind, but there's enough negativity in the world without feeling embarrassed at our own entertainment. It was made to be enjoyed, so enjoy it. Today's episode is going to be a little different because instead of talking about a specific film or even a specific television series, I'm going to talk about um, an artist, or in this case, a couple of artists. Uh, that straddle the line of music and movies and television and are just kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting historical artifact that I've been kind of disappearing down the rabbit hole of watching in the last few weeks. And I feel like I really want to share this with people. Uh, today's episode is, in fact, about the Smothers Brothers. Congratulations. Heck of a way to start the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was not a compliment. What? That was not a compliment. Yes, sir, it was. It a... was not a compliment. Well, just hold on. I think oh, every... You just hold on. I know what I said. I think everybody heard it was a compliment. I don't said, care what, what, what did you heard. say? I said, great congratulations. Great way to start the show. Thank you. That was not a compliment. <laughs> don't tell me what was a compliment. Well, I know it what sounded like a compliment. Come on, Tom. People did not come here to hear us argue. Some of them did. Well, maybe so, but that doesn't change the point. That was not a compliment. It sounded like a compliment. Listen, I don't me, care what it's... Let's stop you for a second. Well, this is our 20th reunion. I know a lot of you out there and a lot of you here in the studio and out there are members of families or know people who are members of families. <laughs> and so often in life, a member of a family, a loved one, so seldom do we say thank you or give a compliment to a member of the family, a brother, sister, mother, father, so it's a rare experience. We'll I, give a compliment to a stranger. I don't argue that point. Before we'll sometimes that's give right. A... I, my brother's exactly right. Sometimes we're less sensitive to people we know. That's right. And that's... I agree with you totally, but yeah. why in the world would I give you a compliment? <laughs> I, I was surprised as anyone. I really was surprised. <laughs> Anyway, when we when we look back at some of those old shows and some of the performers, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't Wait a minute, that is not the way the song goes. I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. You don't care. I don't. You don't care. I don't care. Why not? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. And you don't care. And I don't care. You're acting like a stupid fool. 
I'm running for president. <laughs> I think you're overqualified. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was not a compliment. The Smothers Brothers, I grew up seeing on television. Uh, as obviously, I've mentioned I was a child in the 1970s. So for me, the Smothers Brothers were a comedy duo, uh, Tommy and Dickie Smothers, that would come on. One of them uh, would play the guitar and the other stand-up bass, and they would do... Uh, folk songs, but mostly they would argue back and forth with each other. And I would see them on the Tonight Show or whatever variety program was big because there were a lot of variety programs in the 70s, let me tell you. And I saw them as inoffensive and corny. They were um, a product of a bygone age. The idea of coming out and doing sort of a uh, sibling rivalry, mom always liked you best kind of thing in the midst of some fairly old joke or old jokes, old music like uh, Red River Valley or something like that. I thought that it was corny, but inoffensive. It was in the late 80s that I saw a program uh, that was running on CBS that was a retrospective of the 20th anniversary of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, which I'd heard in whisper from other programs, but this was actually a full documentary about the show, and I learned a lot of things. I learned that they were um, almost cheerfully offensive to the establishment in the late 60s to the point that CBS fired them uh, after looking for many reasons to. I also saw that they started the careers of a lot of comedians that I enjoyed, not the least of which was young Steve Martin, who, as in the late 70s, was a huge comedy icon to me. So I never thought to lump the Smothers Brothers in the same category as, say, George Carlin or, uh, or Richard Pryor or any of the other people in the 70s that I really loved. And here it was, right in front of me. I saw that they did subversive counterculture humor and they paid the price. Now, because that documentary was uh, a huge rating success for CBS, of all things, CBS brought the brothers back in the late 80s for a revival show. It didn't run for very long, but I was actually mesmerized by it. I suddenly saw their humor as uh, not just corny, but a very specific kind of subversion. Now, going back to it, the the origin of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour was that uh, CBS, like all of the networks, were getting clobbered in the ratings by NBC's Bonanza on Sunday nights. It was the top show. Nobody could stop Bonanza. So, uh, CBS put together a very expensive program to run against Bonanza, which immediately flopped. So, it, they didn't have a lot of time to put something together, but they didn't want to keep running this expensive program up against something that they knew it was going to fail. So, they looked and thought, well, maybe we can put together some sort of cheap variety show and cast around and decided that the Smothers Brothers would be an excellent place for this sort of variety comedy hour. And if nothing else, it would it would be an inexpensive program to put on opposite Bonanza until they could find something better. What they didn't realize was that uh, Tommy Smothers was himself... Uh, unbeknownst to many, except the people who knew him, very much a left-leaning radical. 
and when given the chance to do his own show, decided if he was going to do it, he was going to be as truthful as possible to the late 60s and the turmoil politically that was being wrought. And I watched the uh, revival series in the 80s with that mindset and saw what a subversive triumph that the show and the Smothers Brothers themselves actually were. Because here were two clean-cut, young American boys uh, doing, essentially, the audience was already prepared for them to do inoffensive uh, sibling rivalry jokes, which they did, come out and do some old folk songs, which they will, but... That way, because they were so clean cut and because America wasn't expecting it from them, they could do incredibly mean and subversive political comedy. They could tell truth to power in a way that, let's say, George Carlin couldn't because George Carlin is automatically going to look like one of those hippie radicals you hear about on TV. Now, bear in mind, 1967, 68, there were people who were upset at the monkeys for having long hair and saw them as like a, a harmful influence on children. So certainly the Smothers Brothers, with their very tight haircuts and their smart suits, were an excellent means for mother and father to see and hear a radical idea of what was going on in the 60s. Now, as the show progressed, the the battles with the censors became worse and worse. They had lots of sketches that were thrown off of television because they were too um, politically insightful or offensive. There's a lot of race baiting. There's a lot of religious baiting. There are certainly a lot of jabs at the Johnson administration. And it got to a point where head writer Mason Williams told Tommy Smothers, I think you're more interested in the battles than the comedy. I think you need to bear in mind that you're supposed to be funny as well. Tommy, of course, didn't hear this and went on tilting at windmills. I heard that statement on the documentary and after seeing some of the examples, I knew exactly what he was talking about. The subversion the way of getting that message across through them being inoffensive and clean-cut, Tommy Smothers' character is very much kind of a stuttering simpleton. So you can get away with a lot of statements out of a thing like that. But not when you've become sort of angry and radicalized week in and week out. And after a while, the network just had enough and tried to find an excuse to fire the brothers. What they did was they had requested that the series be... Uh, given to the network at least three days in advance so they could send a copy to the affiliates in the South to make sure that whatever they were running was not too offensive for Southern stations. And when they failed to do that, uh, then they were fired for breach of contract. But the fact that they were actively looking for a way to fire them was the way that the Smothers Brothers were able to sue the network and get some sort of money back out of it. The Smothers Brothers toured for years, did a lot of programs. Like I said, I saw them on The Tonight Show. I saw them on variety shows. They're in Cannonball Run, for heaven's sakes. They were just sort of an everyday part of my growing up as a kid, but I never realized the significance of them. Now, the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour is not streaming anywhere, and it's the DV there were DVDs that came out a while ago but they are punishingly expensive to try to find. It's terrible. It's a program that I think needs a reappraisal, especially in a time when uh, shows like The Daily Show or uh, The Colbert Report or, the, or other shows like that are scoring real 
political points by telling truth to power. I think that we need to go back and see some of the other examples of it. If nothing else, it's an exciting thing to see the careers of people like Steve Martin or Bob Einstein or whomever starting off in this venue. I think it's historically important. I think it's, uh, I think it's entertainment and culturally important as well. You can find a variety of episodes on <coughs> YouTube, but, um, I, I will tell you that I have been watching several of them in the last several weeks on YouTube, and I've been, I've been marveling at this slice of the late 60s. You'll find in this program that I'm going to go back to the late 60s a lot because I'm deeply curious and always fascinated by this period of history that, uh, that I was born into because it did feel very much like the world was shaking itself apart fashion was exploding, uh, knowledge was exploding. It was, it was a heck of a heady time and a stabilizing influence in that time for a lot of people were the Smothers Brothers with gentle comedy, actual good singing and a sly subversive message. So seek them out. Go ahead and look on the uh, um, YouTube or any other place that you can find them and sit back and enjoy them. Enjoy them in the way that I have through a new appreciation and through new eyes. This is Ken Holtzhauser, and I will see you next time on No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. Looking for something new and exciting in comics? Perhaps that other dynamic duo, The Quick and the Dad. It's a love letter to the DC, Marvel, Archie, and Harvey comics of my youth. Available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com. Within the pages of The Quick and the Dad, you will find supervillains, dad jokes, strange, exciting worlds, really goofy supervillains, and bad puns. I promise. Each issue will delight and confound you in equal measure, and it's available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com.